It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to tonight's game in the Premier League. I was going to say big game there and I thought, no, I can't. I've got to take that out. Tonight's game against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. Of course, Thomas Tuchel's side have an FA Cup final to come this weekend. And they've got the small matter of the UEFA Champions League final just around the corner. Looks as though they're going to make the top four in the Premier League too. Uh, so you'd imagine we're going to see a bit of rotation from Thomas Tuchel's side. But having said that, you know, we may see some rotation. But those players who do get the opportunity under Thomas Tuchel this evening, I'm sure will be looking to take that opportunity with both hands because there are some big, big games coming up for Chelsea in the next few weeks. Wish I could say the same thing about Arsenal, but of course, as we all know, it's been um, it's been a difficult season. It's been a tough season. It's been a damaging season. And uh, as much as beating Chelsea would bring some pride, it is a bit of a dead rubber from our perspective. You know, you've got to be honest. Let's say a big hello to everybody in the live chat. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all keeping uh, good. Hope you're enjoying, if you're in London anyway, uh, the bit of sunshine that we've had this morning because it seems to look quite nice outside. Um, unfortunately, I've been swamped with work and I hadn't, haven't had much opportunity to enjoy it, but I'd rather it was sunny than raining any day of the week. A uh, big hello to Ebby Vander, who says, I'm looking five years younger. Always do when I trim the beard, Ebby. And I'm not that old, by the way, right? People think I'm bloody old but no i'm i'm 30 i think that's um i think that's still relatively young nowadays yeah anyway let's 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 get into it but before i look at the lineup that i want to pick tonight which by the way i'm still not 100% decided on i tried to sort of jot it down on a scrap of paper a little bit earlier on and thought yeah we'll have a look at this um you know what would i go with who would i pick who would i select and I found it quite difficult to make that decision, to make that selection because of um, because of the fact that there's so many players that I'm, I'm frustrated with, I'm disillusioned with. I'm wondering if we should take the opportunity to try play our strongest team and, and maybe restore a bit of confidence within the camp. Or if this is an opportunity for Mikel Arteta to make changes, to rest players and then to, to be able to get a look at uh, some of those players that are kind of on the fringes of things in order to get a better handle on, on where this squad are at and, and to try and help. I'm sure most decisions have been formed already, but to try and help along that process of deciding who goes, who stays in the summer. So um, I'm in two minds about how to approach this one. Just want to touch on some comments from Mikel Arteta. Um, I'd seen the press conference and, and there was a specific video shared um, by by some of our members in the Discord server, which if you are a member, by the way, and you're not part of the Discord server, what are you waiting for? There's so much good 
discussion in there. We've got a few uh, people who are always on it with the news and we get all the info ASAP. So, yeah, check out the Discord server. Click on the community tab on the YouTube channel if you are not um, already uh, already part of the Discord server. And it is available to all members at whatever tier. If you want to become a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. So, yeah, Mikel Arteta was, was talking about, you know, his team and he was asked about whether his players have basically given it their rule this season. And he said that not everybody has. He, he suggested that, A, there are players who haven't given their all. There are players who haven't given 100% for the Arsenal calls this season. But also that there are players in the squad who have hit their peak, who will not get any better, who cannot be any better than they currently are. And you have to agree with him. You have to agree with what Mikel Arteta is saying. You know, whether you're Arteta in, Arteta out, whether you think he's a great manager or you think he's a terrible manager, you know, it is irrelevant. When you take these comments on face value and you take them in isolation, it's impossible to disagree with Mikel Arteta. There are lots of players in that group that we don't think are up to the level. There are lots of players in that group that we don't think will get any better than their current level. I'm not sure if I was Mikel Arteta, I would have been so forthright about that in a press conference. But I do wonder if he's at the end of his tether and he's just had enough. And Mikel Arteta strikes me as someone who's very confident in his own beliefs, in his own methods. You could say it's arrogance. That arrogance will prevent him from perhaps at times seeing the issues that are as a result of his management. And he shifted the blame over to the players. And whatever you think about Arteta, whatever you think about the players, there is a degree of responsibility on both sides. The players have to perform. They have to go out there and implement the instructions, the tactics, the, the values that Mikel Arteta as a manager should be bringing to the table. Equally, though, Mikel Arteta's job a huge part of Mikel Arteta's job is to get the buy-in of those players, to get them believing in his methods, to get them believing in what he's doing. So if there's a disconnect somewhere along the line, there's blame on both sides. And, and that's the kind of point. You know, there were some comments yesterday. We were, we were discussing sort of Arsenal's situation uh, with, um, with Adrian Clark on, on a live podcast last night. You can find that, by the way, on the YouTube channel, or if you're an audio listener, it is the last uh, podcast in the feed. Uh, so check it out. And a couple of you commented after the uh, after the podcast saying that I was a little bit more, um, I, I was a little bit kinder to Mikel Arteta yesterday than I was immediately after the Villarreal game. And, and I accept that. Um, but what I'm trying to do here is, is bring a balanced debate. What I'm trying to do here is share my opinions, of course, um, but equally entertain the opposite side of the debate so that we can make sure that we are discussing it as, as in depth and as in detail as is necessary, in my opinion, to get to the best possible opinion. Now, that opinion might still be wrong in the eyes of some, and that's absolutely fine. And that opinion may be proved to be wrong uh, further down the line. But I think it would be disingenuous of me to ignore the other side of the debate. And when we were talking with Adrian Clark yesterday, I felt like he made some some really good points and some points that 
highlight the fact that which we all knew already that while Mikel Arteta might not be the right man for this job, he is not the only one to blame. He is not the only problem that Arsenal Football Club currently face. So there we go. Let's go over to the live chat before I start running through uh, my starting 11. Uh, Akmal says, uh, how do I join the Discord server? No link in the description. Akmal, there is a link in the description to sign up as a member. Once you are a member, it will unlock the link in the community tab for you to join the Discord server. Uh, so the Discord server is a private Discord server for our members. Um, if you decide to join up, then uh, whatever... Uh, tier you select, you will get access to the Discord server. That particular perk is available across all the tiers. And uh, we've got some uh, a members series dropping um, in the next three days. It's pre-recorded, tried to do a good job of it. Um, got a little bit delayed in the editing process, but it is coming uh, in the next couple of days. So um, yeah, stay tuned and, and, and stay across that. Uh, also, in the live chat, we've got a, a very kind donation from Charles. Uh, thank you, mate. Really appreciate that. He says, morning, Harry. Been a difficult couple of days here in America. Lots of poor decisions being made by the government. This is a solace from politics. That's the great thing about sport, Charles. You know, particularly, um, you know, over the last year or so, there's been some really difficult times uh, for all of us, you know, all over the world. I know some places have got it worse than others, and um, I completely appreciate that. Sport does do that, though, doesn't it? it? It gives us something else to focus on. At times, it can feel like life or death, and it can feel like the be-all and end-all. It really isn't. Um, the minute you stop enjoying it, the minute you stop seeing it for what it is, and that is a game that we are extremely passionate about, but an escape above everything else. Um, you know, that's how you should see it, and that's how you you use it to good effect. Um, but I hope all is well, mate. Um, really appreciate the Super Chat donation. And I hope things improve for you ASAP. But uh, thanks again. Right, let's run through um, the team that I think that Mikel Arteta is going to pick tonight then. So we're going to start um, with the goalkeeper. Now, there's been a lot of talk over the last few days about Bern Leno and his future at the club. There have been some suggestions, some reports, some claims that Bern Leno is wanting a move away from the football club. He has quashed those rumours by saying that he has no intention of going anywhere, that Arsenal is still a big club and Arsenal is uh, where he's happy to be. However, however, the idea of selling Bern Leno this summer is not one that I'm dead against. When we talked about it a little bit earlier on, I said you had to make the decision or Mikel Arteta has to make the decision going into this game as to whether he's going to take this as an opportunity to wheel out the big guns, to focus fully on, on victory and, and try and restore some confidence in the camp. Or does he feel like most fans feel? And most fans feel like the season is over and therefore this should be used as an exercise to try and understand a little bit more about some of those fringe players to get a look at them before making decisions on their futures come the summer. I think as a football manager, it's very difficult to ever go into a game and not be focused on the victory. But in this instance, you know, contrary to what Mikel says, I think he'd probably be better served doing that. I, I really do. 
And therefore, I would go with Matt Ryan in goal because, and I'll explain my reasons why, Matt Ryan is at the club on loan, right? He leaves at the end of the season. He'll return back to Brighton and Hove Albion. Obviously, it's not going. it didn't go well for, for Matt Ryan towards the end of his days um, at Brighton and Hove Albion. There was issues... Um, you know, between him and, and and the management, and it was from what I'm I'm led to believe it was to do with with the uh, the, the player's future. It was to do with uh, contract discussions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he has a contract at Brighton and Hove Albion until June 2022. So, contrary to what a lot of people think, because there, you know, a lot of people believe that we're going to just snap up Matt Ryan on a free transfer. I think there is a strong likelihood that Brighton will 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 terminate his contract and will allow him to go. Um, there may need to be a small amount of compensation paid to Brighton and Hove Albion. Perhaps the player himself will get himself out of the contract. I don't know exactly how that's going to pan out. But Matt Ryan offers a solution for a backup goalkeeper for a few years to come. I would say he's an Arsenal fan. He's 29 years old. I'd say that's around about your peak in goalkeeping years. What do you do with him? I don't know if we've seen enough of him to make that call. And therefore, I will play Matt Ryan tonight in between the sticks. Not because I think that Bern Leno is going to leave necessarily, but I do think that if if a, a decent offer came in, Arsenal would entertain it. And we know what Bern Leno is all about. And as I say, this is an opportunity for Mikel Arteta I think, to have a look at some of these players ahead of what's going to be, and I know we say this every summer, but ahead of what is going to be Arsenal's biggest and most important summer in a long, long time. So Matt Ryan in goal for me. And when I was thinking about the outfield formation, I was kind of sort of racking my brain as to whether Mikel may uh, overthink this. You know, Thomas Tuchel's side, we know how they play. They play with the back three, they play with the wing backs a midfield pivot, and then they play with two inside forwards in behind the striker. You know, what will Mikel Arteta think is the best way to combat that? What will he believe is the best way to deal with that kind of setup? Will he change it? Will he veer away from the 4-2-3-1 formation that we've seen pretty much most weeks since Christmas? The thing is with the 4 2 3 one, there are different adaptations of it, different shapes of it, different ways in which it can be applied. And we've seen some of that over the last few weeks. Adrian made a great point yesterday. It's something that I've pointed out to you guys as well over the last few weeks where we were looking at Thomas Partey usually essentially in the middle of the park alone uh, with Danny Sabas moving over um, and Arsenal's formation becoming very different and it almost becoming a bit of a back three at the back. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So there's been some variance to it. There's been some variations to it. But for me, I think Mikel Arteta has to bloody make his mind up. You know, it has to be either we're going to play a 4-2-3-1 and we're going to stick with it for the most part. I'm not saying that I don't want us to be able to have variety in our game. I'm not saying that I want us to be tied down to a system where we can never move away from it. But you need to have a go-to system. In order to have a plan B, you must have a solid plan A. 
And I wonder if Mikel Arteta is completely sold on that system because we talk about sort of this, the slight tweaks in adaptations that he's made to it in recent weeks. And the reality is that he didn't really need to make those changes because he had personnel that could have allowed him to continue in the same vein. You know, he could have pushed Granit Xhaka back into midfield. He could have played Cedric Suarez on the, on the left. He could have played Hector Bellerin even on the left. You know, they're both extremely, um, extremely experienced players might not be necessarily performing at the top level nowadays, but they are both extremely experienced. And so to ask them to play out of position for a couple of games shouldn't be the be all and end all. It shouldn't be the end of the world. So it was the fact that Mikel Arteta having lost Kieran Tierney was almost eager to, to shift the system, shift the formation, change the way we played makes me wonder if he's actually 100% bought in on the 4-2-3-1 idea in the first place. And if a year and a half into his Arsenal tenure, he is still not settled on a system, then that's a bloody problem. That is an issue. And there's no getting away from that. Let's move into the heart of the defence because I've been thinking about this and we, we, from what we've been told, David Luiz is, is not going to be available, which means for me that that Rob Holding um, is likely to come into the squad. But you know what? If Pablo Marie is fit, and it is an if, um, you know, from, from the news we were reading the other day, he was he was going to face a fitness test. If he is fit, I think I would play him. And I would play him alongside Gabriel. Now, it's a pairing that we've not seen. It's a pairing that we've not tried. It's a pairing that everybody in their minds has ruled out because of the fact that they're both left-footed and because of some comments that Mikel Arteta made earlier on in his managerial tenure. But we've seen two right-footers be a successful pairing. So why can't two left-footers be the same? So it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. If Pablo Marie is is touch and go, then I expect him to play um, to play Rob Holding alongside Gabriel. But for me, this is this is what I would go with. This is what I would go with. I'd, I'd try it. Just try it, Mikel. The season's done and dusted. I know that if you lose the game and if Arsenal get beaten heavily, which is a, a real possibility, playing against a side of Chelsea's quality, there will be those who will look at at this lineup so far that I'm I'm saying to you guys and say, why has he tinkered with the team again? That tinkering is why Arsenal can't get any consistency. It's why Arsenal have been so bad this season. But my argument back to that and my counterpoint to that would be, we know that we need change. We know that things need to be done differently. The current methods are just not working. So why not try something new? Why not try something different? in a game that is essentially a dead rubber for Arsenal Football Club. So that's what I would do. Moving into the right-back position, I'd give Cedric another go. I mean, if, of course, he's available. I know he was unwell. Um, he was in hospital, etc., etc. Um, would I give him a go? I thought that initially, but I'm going to change my mind and go with Chambers. As I said, I haven't completely decided on my <laughs> lineup going into this probably a bit of a, a, a ball ache for you guys and a little bit frustrating but there you go um inter in the chat says are you Mikel Arteta in again Harry no 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 um 
please don't take this the wrong way. I, I, I still don't believe that Mikel Arteta is the manager to take Arsenal forwards. I'm at a point now where I've accepted he's not going to be sacked between now and the start of next season. And therefore, he's got to prove to me that he is the right man. I I bought into him at the beginning. And I thought at the beginning there were signs that he was taking us in the right direction. But a lot has happened this season. A lot has happened to put me in a place where I'm not sure um, anymore. But if I have to lean one way, then I'm leaning towards Mikel Arteta out because he's he's not he's not he's not taking us forward at this moment in time. And as is pointed out in the chat, and rightly so, you know, about his interviews and his press conferences, I'm not buying into them anymore. The way I bought into them at the very beginning of his Arsenal tenure. And part of why I bought into Mikel Arteta at the beginning was because I liked what he was saying. I liked the vision. I liked where it was supposedly going, but it's not gone there. And that's the reality. Moving into the left-back position, Kieran Tierney plays for me. Um, and and I think, actually, with, with Tierney and Chambers as the full-backs, you might get a bit of a better balance than what we've seen. I know it's been difficult recently because we've not had, um, you know, a left back fit and we've had to chop and change around there. But I always say to you guys, and you you probably remember this from, from previous shows that I actually don't like Callum Chambers bombing up and down the right flank. I don't think that, you know, yes, he's done it to good effect from time to time, but I think he looks awkward. I think Callum Chambers has got the build of a center back. I really do. I just, I look at Callum Chambers. I don't see a right back. I see a center back. So perhaps, with Tierney back in the side and Tierney who will get forward, who will get up and down the team. What you could see um, when Arsenal are in possession, for example, is this shift over with Marie, Gabriel and Chambers almost becoming a back three. And we saw that a lot um, earlier in the campaign with with Granite Xhaka dropping into that back line to make that a back three. Without Granite Xhaka, and in the absence of Granite Xhaka, I think that this is another way of doing it. And I actually think that Callum Chambers is quite well suited to playing that almost hybrid role between a right centre-back and a right-back, depending on on the game state. So, yeah, I think that could that could work. I think that would give us a, a pretty decent balance. So uh, I'm going to go with Callum Chambers at right-back and Kieran Tierney at left. In the midfield, I'm going to go with Thomas Partey. I want to see Thomas Partey prove to me show me why Arsenal were willing to pay 45 million quid uh, for him last summer, because to be quite frank, he's not always delivered. And I know there have been, uh, you know, issues uh, in the team that have led to him not playing so well. I know there've been fitness issues as well when it comes to Thomas Partey. I get all of that. Where I think he's struggled recently is not having a proper partner. Um, You know, you, you look at, since Kieran Tierney's been injured and you've seen Granit Xhaka constantly be be stuffed in at left back and you know it hasn't really worked and 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 the absence of a natural central midfield partner uh, has been clear and when i say natural central midfield partner i'm not saying Sabas and Elneny are not centre midfielders but someone who is going to sit and be positionally disciplined because what we've seen is this shift in shape that I was talking about a little bit earlier on where Sabios was playing games and Sabios was was picking up the ball on the left-hand side all the time. Essentially, 
leaving Thomas Partey alone in the heart of the midfield. I want someone alongside Partey that is going to sit and protect. Arsenal are not good enough to play with a one-man defensive midfield pivot. And Thomas Partey's game is not about sitting and being a one-man defensive midfield pivot. Thomas Partey is at his best when he's got the license and the freedom to get forward, to play passes in between the lines and to use the athleticism that is one of his greatest attributes to good effect. And when he's been playing in that lone midfield role, as I've just mentioned, like he has in recent games when Ceballos has been playing that strange position from the left, he's not been able to do that. He's almost been handicapped to, to having to patrol a far greater area than he would normally. And that's taken away from what he is actually good at. So I want to see Partey with a solid midfield partner alongside him. And I would go tonight uh, with Mohamed El Nenny. Again, a player that I look at and, I, and I'm, I'm not overly crazy about, you know, he can do a job to a degree. Um, he can, you know, he can fill in from time to time in terms of attitude. He's, he's, he's brilliant. You know, there's no complaints. And I'm sure Mikel Arteta will have no complaints about him on that front. But Mohamed Elneny is someone who's also, I believe, playing for his Arsenal future and someone who will want to prove a point. You know, he's 28 years old now. Uh, Mohamed Elneny is in his, in his prime. Um, you know, he's got a contract that has until the end of next season on it. But you feel like it's time to make a decision. You know, we've we've spoken about it time and time again. How many times have Arsenal uh, allowed players to get into the final year of their contract? And then we've, we've seen it blow up in our faces. So for Mohamed Elneny, again, it's an opportunity to prove himself. You know, either you're going to earn yourself a move away where you'll be able to play regular football, get yourself maybe a three, four year deal that will take you towards the, the back end of your career or... You earn a place at Arsenal. So Mohamed elneny has got plenty to prove. And um I think he will um I, I think he will uh, uh he well he should partner Thomas Partey. Let me go over to the live chat and take uh, some of your comments. Um big hello to Rocky Monaro says, Hey man, I'm a Chelsea supporter. I've been watching for a while and I really like your breakdown. Thank you so much, mate. Um I would wish you luck for tonight, but I wouldn't mean it. <laughs> uh, but thank you for tuning in, of course. Um, let's see what else we've got here. A uh, couple of people suggesting that we should maybe change formation, given the way Chelsea play. Harish Kumar says, Harry, Chelsea play four in midfield to add to that two in front of them. So that makes an overload in the middle. So I would switch to a three, four, two, one and match them. I just, I'm always... I do pay attention to the opposition and I do look at the way they play and I do consider that when sort of when picking my lineup. Obviously, look, I'm, I'm talking as if my lineup matters. It's just my personal opinion and something to talk about. But I always am sceptical when teams, you know, look, if you're a lower league side and you're trying to compete against a, a team that you have really little chance against, then if you're going to do things to focus on their game and to try and nullify their game, I get that and I understand that. My issue is that we're Arsenal Football Club and we have to go out and play our own game to a degree. I'm not saying be stupid and allow the opposition uh, to overrun you and, and, and allow them to get an upper hand when clearly, you know, 
they have certain strengths, you have certain weaknesses. You should address that, of course. But as I've been saying throughout sort of selecting this 11, we're up to the midfield now. This is about having a look at players. And I don't think it's fair to look at players in a system that you've just decided you want to play for this one week because there's no adaptation period. You know, and, and I, you know, look, as I said already, you know, I do think that Mikel Arteta is out of his depth here. I do think now that it is time for us to at least consider alternative options. But he hasn't really had a proper pre-season. Don't know if that would have mattered because you get the feeling that he would have changed systems midway through the campaign anyway. But, you know, you need to give players time, time to adapt to new systems. Thomas Tuchel's been very lucky in that. When I say he's been very lucky, I don't mean that he's not a good manager or doesn't deserve any praise for what he's done. But in the sense of he's got a massive squad to select from. He's got really talented players. And so when he's come in and gone to change the system, it's not been as hard of a transition as it might be for Mikel Arteta. And I certainly won't be trying it over the sort of over the last couple of days uh, with a view to, to playing it today. Uh, what else have we got here? Jack Bell disagrees with me on Thomas Partey. He says, don't agree. He played as a DM at Atletico and he did the basics, intercepting and not having to come forward. He has been consistent because our he has been inconsistent, sorry, because Arteta asked him to play in an unnatural way. I I disagree a little bit, Jack. I think that at Atletico Madrid, you're, you're part of a midfield too. And so, yes, for the most part, Atletico Madrid will be, uh, you know, particularly against the bigger sides, will be defensively sound, will use them as a double defensive midfield pivot. I get all of that. But Atletico Madrid don't play Barcelona and don't play Real Madrid every single week and haven't done. So there will have been games where your midfield two will be relied upon to give you something in the attacking third as well. And and Thomas Partey did that, in my opinion, at Atletico Madrid. Now, look, I don't claim to be a Spanish football expert, far from it. Um, but I, from what I saw of Thomas Partey during his time at Atletico Madrid, yes, the primary focus in a lot of the big games that I would have watched him in would have been to, to keep it defensively tight. Uh, but but as part of a midfield too, you, without a 10 in front of you, you have no choice, I don't think, but to get forward and to, to help out in that sense. Um, Alex says, uh, you say this will be the most important summer, but that's what we've been saying for years. We brought in players, but didn't make much progress. It's pretty obvious that we need competent people to do so. Uh, Inny, uh, thank you so much, mate, for your kind super chat donation. Hope you're well. Uh, hello to everyone joining us from the US. Inny's joining us from Minnesota. Um, so hope you're all good over there. Uh, he says, uh, hey, Harry, hello from Minnesota. So according to Mikel, the league position is a referendum on the player's quality, but not his management thoughts. Yeah, I've, I've mentioned that a little bit earlier on, Inny, that it feels as though um, he just doesn't want to admit that that some of his decisions have been wrong, that he's made mistakes, that he isn't 100% along the development line as a, as a football manager. He doesn't want to accept that. And that is frustrating because there always seems to be an excuse, you know, at the start or when we were going through that difficult run, if you remember, I always remember that interview he gave post-match where he was beating his chest. He was going, it's me. 
He was going, it's me. I want it. It's me. It's my responsibility. As the season's progressed, though, it's been excuse after excuse after excuse. And there comes a point where the fans are, are not going to buy that anymore. And I think a lot of us, uh, rightly so, are at that point now. You know, is is Mikel Arteta um, going to get away with blaming it on missed chances forever? Well, you can blame the missed chances, but if you don't create enough overall, then unless your conversion rate is absolutely spot on, then you're going to fail. And and that was my issue with the Villarreal thing. You know, he kept talking about Aubameyang hitting the woodwork on a couple of occasions. And I know I've used this stat over and over again, but it's it's the most damning one. It's the most damning indictment of Arsenal's performance against Villarreal in the second leg is that Arsenal managed just two shots on target at home against a average Villarreal side when we were desperately in need of scoring a goal. It's not good enough. It's not good enough at all. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got in the live chat. You know what? Let me let me finish off the rest of the team and then I'll come in uh, to the live chat again in just a couple of moments time. Let me quickly remind you guys, by the way, that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So um, if you uh, wish to address the nether regions, particularly now with lockdown lifting, uh, wherever you might be, uh, then head over to manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. Check out the little mower 2.0, a highly 3.0. Sorry. I highly recommend it. I had a 2.0. Now I'm on the 3.0, uh, upgrading as always. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Enter the discount code, which is 90 min 20, and you'll get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. They've got some great products. They are of the highest quality, uh, great for a gift as well. Uh, for any sort of male male friends or family. Uh, so do check it out, uh, see what you think. And if you do uh, proceed with an order, then as I say, you can save yourself a fair amount of money by entering our promo code 19min20. You'll be supporting both uh, Manscaped and, of course, us here at the Chronicles of Aguna. We thank them, as always, for their very kind sponsorship. Right, let's continue uh, through this 11. I'll come back to the chat box in a moment. So if you've got questions, put them in the chat, put a queue at the beginning of them so it's easy for me to pick them out amongst all the other comments. It really, really does help. But let's move into that number 10 position. And for me, with Emil Smith-Rowe struggling um, at the moment with, with this ongoing hamstring issue, I think it's got to be Martin Odegaard. And actually, I want it to be Martin Odegaard. Why? Because a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, I was absolutely convinced that Arsenal had to do whatever it took to sign Martin Odegaard. Appreciate he's been injured, but since that injury, my desire to see Arsenal break the bank for Martin Odegaard is, 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 is declining. And it's declining because I'm, I'm not sure about him anymore. I'm, I'm not sure if he can deliver regularly enough for us to warrant spending such a significant proportion of our transfer budget on. I know that, you know, whoever you go after in that kind of position, you're going to, if you want anybody half decent, you're going to have to spend a fair chunk of money. Get that. Just not 100% sure at the moment. Mikel Arteta talks about how happy he is with him. Granted, the team's been shit as well around him, which obviously doesn't help. But I want to I want to have a few more looks at Martin Odegaard before I can 100 percent 
say that and and I admittedly you know maybe I was wrong I, I did feel when he was going through that really impressive spell that yeah this was the player we needed this was a player who could step into that position over the last few weeks I look at him and I look at Emil Smith-Rowe and I don't think there's there's any difference Emil Smith-Rowe though can't stay fit and and, and that's a problem as well so I'm not saying I definitely don't want to sign Odegaard, but I'm not 100% sure anymore, or I'm not as sure as I was maybe uh, a couple of months back. So I want to I want to have another look at him. Moving into the forward positions, well, we know uh, that uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is available. We know that Alexander Lacazette will be available. We know that Martinelli's around. We know that Saka's around. We know that Pepe's around. Let Saka, we know all about Bukayo Saka. Um, I would bring Lacazette back into the centre-forward position because I think we've missed him lately. Uh, we've missed the link-up play. We've missed his sort of ability to drop deep and create spaces in behind for others. Who do you go on either side of him, though? You know, again, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was, was substituted off against, uh, against Villarreal. Wasn't in the team against West Bromwich Albion. What do you do? I think we we all appreciate that he's gone through a bit of a difficult time, obviously, with the um, the malaria. Is he 100% recovered? Probably not. But we know what Aubameyang is. We know what Aubameyang is all about. We know what he brings to the table. We know what his strengths are. We know what his weaknesses are. So I'd probably leave him out of the side tonight. And I would go with Gabriel Martinelli from the left. Um, no... The Mikel Arteta's talked about him and Kieran Tierney not really being compatible. How are they going to get compatible if you don't give them a chance? And they are two players who perhaps represent the future of Arsenal Football Club and two players that you have to find a way of making compatible with one another. So I would play Martinelli from the left. And from the right, I'd play with Nicolas Pepe. Um, I think he's been quite good lately, Nicolas Pepe. I think he's improved dramatically. I think he works a lot harder than he did previously. I think he links up well with Lacazette. Um, I think that Nicolas Pepe benefits from from not having Hector Bayer in behind him because I feel like the two kind of get in each other's way when they want to take up those same inside spaces when Arsenal are in an attacking phase of play. So, um, yeah, that's that's the team I would go with for tonight. So let me just read through it and clarify it for those of you who are listening via the audio platforms. My Arsenal team, and this is my Arsenal team, not necessarily the one I believe Mikel Arteta will pick tonight. For the trip to Stamford Bridge this evening is Matt Ryan in goal. A back four of Callum Chambers, Pablo Marie, if fit, of course, Gabriel and Kieran Tierney. In midfield, I'm going to go with Thomas Partey, Mohamed Elneny and Martin Odegaard just in front of them. I'm going to go with Nicola Pepe from the right flank, Gabriel Martinelli from the left and Alexander Lacazette through the middle. So Ryan Chambers, Marie, Gabriel, Tierney, Partey, Elneny, Odegaard, Pepe, Lacazette, Martinelli. So that's my team to face Chelsea this evening. Right, let's go over to the chat box and pick out some of your questions. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm a bit, little bit pushed for time, so I'm gonna go through them and, and I'm gonna kind of skip over a couple because some of them we've already addressed uh, already. Um, 
let's see what we've got. Guna Legend, one of our members. Uh, hi, hope you're well, mate. Says, Harry, do you think KSE needs to put out a very clear statement back in Arteta and setting out his and the team's targets so there's no ambiguity and he can play players without so much pressure? I think that KSE are being very careful here, right? KSE, from a PR perspective, are in a bit of a tricky situation here because if they come out and publicly defend Mikel Arteta, I, I know what my reaction would be immediately. My reaction would be, how can you publicly defend a manager who currently has us in ninth place, who has failed to defend the FA Cup with any semblance of um, of respect, has failed in all the cup competitions and is failing horribly in the league? If they were to back him, there would be those people who will be up in arms and say, well, this is exactly the issue with KSE. And it is the issue with KSE, right? We all know it is. But what I'm saying is for them to come out and do that would probably open even more cans of worms than they kind of already have to contend with. So I don't think they would do that. To set the targets would also um, have a similar impact in that it applies pressure on them to make a decision, um, a decision that they might not necessarily want to make. So... I I don't really buy into it. I, I'm not really fussed if KSE make a statement or not. I think that if they do, then people will use it against them. If they don't, people will use it against them. I just think it's a situation from which they, they can't really stand to gain an awful lot. Um, so if I were them, if I were in their shoes and I, I'm not obviously, and you know, I'm, I'm a huge sort of disapprover of what they do and how they run the football club. But if I were them, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put out a statement either. I wouldn't say anything. I'd, I'd just keep plugging along. And if it got to the point where I wanted to make the sacking, then then I would do it. Uh, Peter Mendez says Allegri or Benitez. If you had the choice, who would you choose? As far as long term goes, as far as looking at the longer term, I'm not really a huge fan of Rafa Benitez. I think that Rafa Benitez can come in and can stable, uh, stabilize, sorry, a ship can steady it, can, can stop it sinking. But will Rafa Benitez ever come in and, and, and stay at a club long enough, first of all? And secondly, you know, at this stage in his career, have the, the appetite to push to that next level? Probably not. Um, I think that Max Allegri is, is a fantastic manager. Obviously, he's won uh, five Scudettos, four with the Juve, one with Milan. Brilliant, brilliant manager. I just feel like Allegri is 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 Juve bound again. I think that he's going to return um, to Turin. It looks like that is the most likely destination for him. I think in the situation that we're currently in, I think Benitez would do a good job, as I say, to stabilise us, to steady the ship and to get us competing to, to our minimum expectations. So I'd probably lean towards Benitez. But overall, I do believe that Allegri is the right manager. But I just think that with what we're seeing at Arsenal now, we're, we're supposedly going for a rebuild. But while we're going through that rebuild and while we're going through that restructure, you need somebody who can come in and and, and sort of patch it up and, and get you through a period of time, get you back in the Champions League. And getting you back in the Champions League would then have the knock-on effect helps you attract players, helps you finance deals. So um, I probably lean slightly towards Benitez just because of the state we're in, but that's not 
to take away from from Max Allegri because I think he's a he's a fine manager. Also, the Premier League experience at this stage probably plays a big part for me as well. Uh, let me pick out a couple um, a couple more uh, bits and pieces from the chat before uh, we jump off. Sajal says um, these matches are important for Odegaard to show if we need to buy him. Yeah, they are. Um, as I as I mentioned, you know, I'm I was a hundred percent certain that that I wanted Arsenal to sign him um, maybe two months ago. And that has, that enthusiasm has waned in the last few weeks. And, and I totally acknowledge that there's, there's been injury issues for Martin Odegaard. And that's obviously had a, a detrimental effect on, on his outputs, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit unsure. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him, of course. Uh, over the next couple of weeks or, or between now and the end of the season. David Mars says, Harry, do you think Arteta knows his best team? Absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. And, and it's partly um, why we are where we are. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. He He's had to deal with issues as much as you like or dislike him. You, you have to acknowledge that. I, I have to acknowledge that when, when assessing what he's done so far, how it's all gone. But, um, yeah, um, I think that you're right to make that point because it's been part of why Arsenal have struggled this season. Uh, going to pick out one more final question 